You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Janton Baronel. Well, good morning, Cathedral. How are you doing this morning? Thank you for coming to church. Thank you for being in this house. And thank you for joining us online. For those of you that are watching remotely, thank you for coming into this house this morning. Uh, when I hear an introduction like that, I get real nervous because I'm thinking, man, I got to say something good like that guy did. <laughs> and uh, well, they, that's what they do around here. They just make you better than what you really are. And so I, I appreciate all the, all the hard work for those guys. Um, how many of you have been enjoying this weather? This feels like fall. Yeah, it feels like the coolness, the crispness, the briskness of the air this morning. Yes, amen. It was so great to feel that this morning. And, and uh, then I realized, man, oh, I got to preach today. Mm. And I got to do that after two weeks of Dr. Schultz, the theologian and the gentleman. And I thought, you know, it's, it's kind of like this. You know, um, in baseball, they say that the hardest batting position is the fifth position. You've got the leadoff man who's, you know, has a batting average that's out the wazoo and can come up and just almost guarantee to get a single get on base. Then you got the next guy who comes up and can do the same thing. And the next guy. And then they have the Dr. Schultz, the heavyweight, the guy that can just put it out of the park if he gets the right pitch every time. And boom, and he brings them all home. And then you have the fifth batter. So I feel like this morning they put the bat boy in the position of the fifth batter behind those guys. But but uh, anyway, I want to try to speak to you this morning from my heart. Uh, I remembered something uh, this morning as a worship leader. You know, we talk to people around the country and we kind of confer and, and, and have conversation. What's happening in your neck of the woods? What's happening in your world? What's happening in the church? And years ago I was doing that. And I, was, I remember I talked to a friend of mine who was raising some money for his music department in his church and just really ran into a hard time doing that and couldn't quite find the right avenue of, of raising money. Just kind of hit a, a plateau, couldn't go any further. And he got an idea one time. He said, I'll tell you what. So he got up into church, and after the praise and worship, he said, I'll tell you, the first person that stands up and will give $1,000 toward this music department, you can pick the hymns for next Sunday. Well, immediately, a lady on my left in the first row, she stands right up and she says, Pastor, I want to tell you right now, I will give $1,000 into your ministry. Write it down, put it in the log. It's a done deal. He said, wow, that was fast. He said, well, what would you like, uh, what, would you, what, would, what would be the, the hymns that you would like for us to sing next, next weekend? What, what hymns would you like? And she said, well, she thought about it for a minute. She said, well, I'll have him and him <laughs> and him. That's a word for some of y'all this morning. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure that was what was planned, but that's what happened. Um, September, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love the month of September because that's when the seasons change. And I remember a song years ago by one of my favorite groups called Earth, Wind, and Fire. That used to, I got some fans in the house today, that put out a song that said September. And the first words of that song was a question, which I will pose to you today as the title of our message, and it is, do you remember? It's important to remember. Why is it important to remember? What does it mean when we actually remember something? And I want to specifically focus 
on remembering the good that God has done in us. Now, I realize that everybody has bad stuff. I realize that we all have bad things that happen to us. You know, as, as, the, as the person used to say, good thing or bad things happen to good people. I realize that. I understand that there are challenges. But this morning, I want us to focus and remember how good God has been in our life. As a matter of fact, James says this. He says, every good and perfect gift from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift. If there is anything good in your life, and there is, there's a lot of good in your life, the source of that comes from God. And it's important to remember the good that He's done in our lives. And when we think about our lives, a lot of times it can be measured in our calendar events, things that we celebrate during the year. Things like birthdays. I remember uh, the birthdays of my kids. Here's one of the pictures I think we have ready for them uh, when they were little. I, lo I love this. I love going back. And as soon as I see a photograph, it immediately takes me back to that time when they were little and birthdays were great. So we, birthdays are great. How about anniversaries? Anniversaries is another time that's really great to remember. Here's a, here's a picture of my, uh, my wedding day. Was my wife the stuff or what? <laughs> Woo, I got to finish. <laughs> Can't get sidetracked. Uh, anniversaries are great. And, and, and we celebrate those. And in doing so, we remember. What about holidays? How about Christmas? Christmas is probably one of the most documented times. This is, again, my kids... And, and, and this is uh, Graham, one of our cousins in our family. But I love this picture because Jana is always making fun of her brother. And she just loved the fact that he was wearing that hat for Christmas that day. And just, we just caught that moment. It's great. It takes me right back. Those memories. When I see those pictures, it takes me. What about Easter? Easter is another one. This is a cool one right here. Now, see if you can figure out who did not get the golden egg. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Yes. Yes, great memories. Thanksgiving's the same way. You know, hey, when we think about our, our nation's capital, we think about monuments. Our nation, Washington, D.C., is full of places to remember, uh, to remember historical events and historical people, places like the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Memorial, uh, all of those things, the World War II Memorial. All you have to do is just simply walk down the, the mall of our nation's capital, and you can't help but be reminded of those, three, those great things in history. Other ways that we remember, dare we not forget, social media. TimeHop is the number one plug-in and the number one shares that ever happens on Facebook. Did you know that? When it brings something up that happens five or ten years ago and says, oh, look, you posted this. Isn't this a great thing? And you say, oh, yes, I remember that. And I repost it. In doing so, we are remembering, we're celebrating some of those good things that happened in our life. What about the Bible? What does the Bible say about remembering? It doesn't take you too long to cycle through the Ten Commandments until you get to the Third Commandment. And right there it is in writing when God says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remembering is something that is very important to God. It shows up very early in the Ten Commandments. In the New Testament, the writers of the New Testament, over and over and over again, more times than I have time to mention, they say, I'm writing you to remind you. Paul even says, I never get tired of reminding you. Peter, in his writings, 
say, I'm not going to write you one letter, but I'm going to write you two letters to remind you. And we see the same thing, of course, in the Old Testament, specifically when, when God has uh, commanded the Israelites to remember. And by the way, this was a commandment. This wasn't something that he said, well, I hope you do this. He instructed them, remember, do this, remember this. This was a, this was a direct instruction. And they did that with festivals. I love that word festival because it simply means a celebration of remembrance. And they originally only had three, but now on the modern Jewish calendar, they have seven. Uh, and they, they celebrate and remember things like the exodus from Egypt, the Israelites coming out of slavery and coming out of Egypt. The parting, of, of course, the parting of the Red Sea, water flowing from the rock. And of course, one of their favorites is when they remember that God's protection over their home called Passover when the plagues of Egypt were unleashed but their households were protected by his by his spirit and so we see that many many times in the Old Testament that God is saying it is important to remember what I have done in your life now why is that important for us today for the same reason and that is life happens and not everything in life is good. Not everything in life is pleasant. Those daily distractions that happen, the busyness, the little things that spoil the vine that Jesus talks about, those little things in our lives that cause distractions as we go through. It's that person that cuts us off in traffic. Can I get an amen? amen. It's that person that breaks line when we have waited you know, 15 minutes at Walmart to get checked out and all of a sudden somebody comes through and then, you know, it's all of those little small things. It's going to your favorite ice cream place and they are out of that flavor. <laughs> Disappointments, big and small on every level. Challenges, do we live in a challenging world? Absolutely, we live in a challenging world. But in the midst of that, if we don't remember the goodness of God, then we find ourselves doing just the opposite. That's forgetting. I want to talk about four things today on how remembering the good things of God can help us. Remembering, number one, remembering the good things of God helps us to, this is a great word, trust that God will meet us in our present circumstances. The psalmist here, 77 Verse 11 says, I will remember, everybody say that with me, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. If he was faithful then, he'll be faithful again. Say that with me. If he was faithful, he will be faithful again. And in this world that we live in, it is so easy to give into the place of worry. Well, I worry how this world's going to be. I worry about this upcoming election. I worry about that job promotion that is supposed to be coming my way. I worry about my kids. I worry about my grandkids. I worry. I worry. It's so easy when presented with evidence of things of not going right for us to fall into that when up seems to be down, when left seems to be right, when evil seems to be good, when there seems to be a distortion of misrepresentation. It is hard to trust, but that is exactly what God is asking us to do, is to say, remember 
so that then you can trust in me. And by doing that, by trusting in God and his faithfulness, it always will deliver hope in our present chaos. I got to say that again. That is so good. Every time we remember the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God, it brings order and hope to our chaos. The Italian prophet Malachi says this. No, I'm just kidding. It's not Italian. It's Malachi. It's not Malachi. See, I'm dyslexic. Every time I look at that, it looks like Malachi. Okay, forget that. God is always the same. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, he never changes. You heard Doug say this at the beginning of service, and I thought he was going to preach my sermon because I, I believe the man can preach. He never changes. He's the constant God. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. If he did it then, he will do it again. All we have to do, all we have to do is trust him. In the light and in the face of our present chaos. And by doing that, when we trust Him, we can erect some monuments that will then help us as a, as a visual reminder. The Bible is very, very, very visual when you read it. It's just it's like a canvas. It's a painting almost when you look at it. Specifically the Old Testament. I want to draw your attention to two uh, places here where we see this happening when God instructed His people to erect Monuments. The first one is actually very early on in the Old Testament, uh, in the 28th chapter of Genesis, where we see the story of Jacob. Now this time he is getting ready to face Esau, and so he's in preparation of that. And he finds himself in a place, so now he's beginning now to take, uh, he's, he's going to sleep at night, and he finds himself in a place. And in doing so, the Bible says that he has a dream where he sees Jacob's ladder, and that he wrestles with God that entire night. This is, a, this is like a, a, the, the equivalent of that would be a, a Damascus experience in the New Testament. It was something, it was a pivotal point. It was a place where he came to himself and he had this encounter in God and he walked away with a limp. He walked away different. He walked away changed. And the very stone that he used for a pillow, God says, now take that stone and erect it as a monument so that you can remember exactly what happened here. So that when you go in further in your life, you can always use this as a remembrance and use it as fuel and as a weapon. And that pillow that laid horizontal, all of a sudden now became a pillar because it was erected vertically. And every time that he tells that story, that stone that was once a pillow now becomes a pillar that future dreams can settle and be founded on. Powerful stuff. A little bit ahead, we see a story that's a little bit lesser known. We all have heard the story of the great exodus and how the children of Israel escaped slavery and came out of that place and God parted the Red Sea. And many of you have seen, you know, Charlton Heston as he's doing that and he outstretches the rod and the sea parts. We all know that story fairly well. Uh, in our memory. But lesser known is when the Israelites finally crossed the Jordan. Now you have to understand, this is a place now where Moses is gone. Now Joshua is the leader of the tribes of Israel. And they have been wandering around in the wilderness for years. 
with no direction and perhaps a lack of memory. They had forgotten about what it was like to live in Egypt. They had forgotten about what it was like to live under slavery. And, and under, they had forgot about that. They had just been kind of wandering around in the wilderness. And all of a sudden now Joshua is bringing them out of that place into what God has for them, which is the place of their destiny. And, if, and, if, and that, that is so much the story of us, is it not? Where we find ourselves, God does something great for us and, and we have what I call spiritual amnesia and we kind of forget about that. And then all of a sudden we're faced with difficulties and, and, and we, we don't know what to do, we don't know how to turn. But then the story says this, that before they crossed, that they sent what? The ark first. And the ark actually went and did the same exact thing to the Jordan. It parted those waters. Those waters receded. So then there was a path and a way, a rescue now for them into their destiny. What are those places for you? What, are the, what is that place for you in your life where you needed deliverance, where you needed rescue and God showed up? He made Himself available. He provided His presence that just pushed away all of the things that would separate you between you and your destiny. And so they did that. And as the ark went there, the waters receded. So the presence of God made a way for them to go. The children of Israel then crossed the river into that place of destiny. And then God says this. He says, I want you to take the priests of every tribe and I want you to go back to the river and I want you to take a stone and take your stone wherever the feet were planted and take that with you. And that stone will become now a place or a point of remembrance so that you will always remember that I am the God that can take you out of your wandering into your place of destiny. And each man of that tribe took that stone. And not only that, but they took it with them. It was portable. The remembrance, the reminder, it went with them. It's not something that they just directed and said, okay, we're just going to, that was a great, that was a great little ceremony we're going to forget about. But it was portable. They took it with them and wherever they camped, they set those stones out as a place that would remember the great things that God did. And not only that, but they made the connection now to go from remembering to now teaching and instructing. And this is what I like about Dr. Schiltz. This is where kingdom education comes into play so importantly, is that they not only experienced all of that, but they told those stories of what God did to their children and to the generations and to the generations and to the generations. And now, even to this day, if you are in the military in Israel, you are told the story. That's how important it is. Because... When you remember those things that God did in your life, now it can become, when we're faced with a battle, an offensive weapon. Because I promise you, the enemy doesn't want you to remember. Number two, remembering the good things of God creates an opportunity to offer God praise. I love this one. The psalmist says this, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. That word extol simply means to praise enthusiastically. I looked around the room this morning and I saw some great enthusiastic praisers. 
I looked on the stage and I saw some great enthusiastic praisers and worshipers. I mean, if you can look at Tammy and when she sings, I know who I am and you know her story and you know where she came from. And when she says with authority, I am forgiven, I am accepted, I know him. That is a praise that will go right into the very pits of hell and cause air conditioning to happen. I mean, there is nothing that can refute that praise. That is her story. It is exuberant. It is enthusiastic. And it's easy to praise God in the good times. But in the not so good times, and they do exist, that's when we need to get alone with the Lord. Now, I know that many of y'all think that those of us that work at the church and we're on staff and we're pastors here, that we just have this perfect life, that we drive, we just kind of levitate into work every day, <laughs> and we just kind of float into our office, and we have holy communion, and that the presence of God is here, and it's wonderful. And, and get, I mean, no, we don't levitate. We don't do that. But <laughs> it's a wonderful place to work, but it's not perfect because I'm not perfect. And there are challenges that come. Even in ministry, there are challenges. I saw this with my dad being a pastor. You know, he would, uh, he'd come home from being all day dealing with people. And uh, before he could even have family time, he'd say, Edna, I just got to go outside and I got to have a little talk with Jesus. And now, 40-something years later, I understand exactly what he was talking with. I have, my office is upstairs on the second level, and I love that because right down the hall from my office is this door. And interesting enough, you can't get in from the outside, but you can go out every time. It's great. And so, uh, and then there's a fire escape that goes all the way down to the, the main level. And sometimes when I'm faced with challenge, and it happens, I will get up from my desk and I will walk down that hall and I'll go out that door and I'll just walk this campus because I have to have a little talk with Jesus. Somebody asked me the other day, said, Jan, where are you going? I said, well, I got to go have a talk. Because, and I'll start, I'll start reciting the lyrics of this song that says, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus pulled me in and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. He bathed my soul in love or bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our story. He'll hear our faintest cry. And he'll answer by and by. You'll feel a little prayer will turn in. And then you'll know a little fire is burning. Just talk a little, just have a little talk with Jesus. Makes it right. See how that works? And all of a sudden, whatever was bothering me before, just went away. And then I start thinking about the goodness of God. And I think about what he did in my life. And I think about how he saved my life from being run over in a car at two years old and how the devil tried to take me out then. And I begin to think about this. I begin to think about who he is. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the light of creation. He is the bright and morning star. He is the prince of peace. He is the Rose of Sharon. He is the Lion of Judah. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning of the end. 
He is the fairest of 10,000. He is the lover of my soul. And all of a sudden now, I just had amnesia about the bad stuff. And I'm focusing on the good stuff because it is an opportunity for me to praise. Remembering acknowledges what God has done in our past, even when we can't see Him at work. Remembering exercises our faith and we witness that He is in fact doing what He said that He would do. What about you? What are your memories? What are the things in your life that you needed help from that God showed up? What are those things that you can just recall and all of a sudden bring yourself now into alignment and put yourself into a position of praise that now you have this weapon uh, that you can use offensively? Number three, remembering the good things of God helps us to keep our minds and our hearts focused on Him. It changes our perspective. The psalmist said this, I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And I think it's in those times where we have abundance that if we're not careful, we can fall prey to what I call eye dependency. It's in those times when things are going good that if we're not careful, we can forget about when they were not so good and what brought us to the place of where it is now good. We have this thing called human nature, sinful nature that Dr. Schultz talked about so eloquently for the last couple of weeks. This eye dependency problem, this thing that, that when we're faced with promotion at work, if we're not careful, we can say, well, look what, I, look what I've achieved when the Bible says that all promotion comes from the Lord. Or when we have that financial security, we can say, look how much money I have, or that new, that new car, that new home that we have, we can say, look what I own. But when we shift our focus by remembering the good things that God did in our lives, our eye dependency now be, is changed into a God dependency blessing. Can I get an amen? amen? Promotion now becomes, thank you, Lord, for this new opportunity. How can I serve you in this new position? Financial security is, thank you, Lord, for your abundant provision. How can I now give out this abundance and serve others? Your new car or your new home, you can shift that position and you're thinking in that frame of mind and you can say, thank you, Lord, for this home. May it be a place where you are always welcome and may we always please you with what we have. It is a place that changes our perspective. When we remember, all of a sudden we're now getting our focus off of us and our stuff and on Him and what He can and will and has done for us. Number four, remembering the good things of God helps us to avoid the trap of sin. There is an adversary. There is someone that wants you to fail. There is someone who wants you to forget those things. His name is Satan. He is the devil. He is the adversary. Second King says this, all this took place, and I'm going to talk about all this in just a second. All this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord their God who brought them up out of Egypt from under the power of Pharaoh the king. They worshiped other gods. What is the opposite of remembering? Forgetting. 
And it didn't take long. We see this over and over in Scripture, the cyclical thing that happened with the Israelites where they would forget the provisions of God. They would forget what God did. And why is that dangerous? Because when we forget what He did, we forget who He is. Because God communicates His great love through His work. His nature is revealed through His works. When I was a little boy and we used to visit my grandparents in Charleston on Mixon Avenue, you've heard me talk about that. At the end of the, the street, there was a 7-Eleven. And I loved this place because it was like everything a little boy wanted. And I would get out there and I would walk down. It was just a couple, a few yards. It wasn't far and I could go by myself. I was about seven, ten, eight years old. And I would walk. I remember barefoot, I would walk on that hot sand in the summer and just run as fast as I could because if I didn't, the soles of my feet would just feel like my, my feet were burning off. And I would finally get to the 7-Eleven and I would walk into that great air conditioning. And then there were things like Slurpees and Icy's and baseball cards with bubble gum and all the things that little boys love were in that store. My dad would give me a few little dollars and I would go down there and it was a great, great treat that he would, he would give that gift to me. And so I think about that when I see this verse because I call it the 7-Eleven verse. Matthew 7-Eleven says this, If you then, imperfect as you are, and we are imperfect, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good things to to those who ask Him. Now you all know that I love to give gifts. That's one of the favorite. It is a win-win deal. When you give someone a gift and you re really thought about who they are as a person, and it's not necessarily how much you spend, but it's the thought that you put in that, what you're trying to communicate, the value that you are imparting in that gift. The, 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 the writer here is saying, if you do that, how much more is God now willing to do that to you? There is a trap. There is a secret hidden door that if you're not careful, if you forget, you can step into and fall right in. But see, what God was saying and what He is continuing to say today is even though you are imperfect and even though you live in an imperfect world, I sent my Son who is in every way perfect to provide a way out for you. And all you simply have to do is to trust and remember and you can avoid those traps of sin. I love the songs that we sang this morning. Did you enjoy that worship? Well, guess what? We're going to do some more of it. I can't think of a better way to demonstrate what I'm talking about than actually doing it. It's one thing to say it. It's one thing to proclaim it. But then it's another to practice it. So I want to throw back to the stone story for just a moment. You may say to me, Jan, I don't, I'm not sure I have those memories. I'm not sure that I have a stone like that that reminds me of something good that God did. I'm not sure I have a stone. I want to push back and challenge you on that. I want to tell you that you do. Because the fact that you're in this room means that you have a stone. The fact that you have made your way to this place, the fact that you are watching online tells me that somewhere, some way, somehow, somebody helped you get a stone in your life. So it exists. It's there. All we have to do is remember that. 
And so, just like in the Old Testament, just like in the New Testament, we see this happen, is when we start remembering the goodness of God, it begins to take us into a new place. And that new place is full of His presence. And when His presence comes, the atmosphere changes, our perspective changes, our hearts change, our minds change. Everything changes because we remember. That's what that set was all about this morning, is remembering those songs that perhaps where you were in your journey that spoke to you like they did. That's a good thing. It's a good thing to look back and to sing those songs again on the other side now and say, oh yeah, I can really relate to what God did. So I want the team to come and I want them to lead us through that. I want you to stand. We're going to prepare our hearts for worship. We're going to do some remembering. And as we do that, I want you to think, I want you to do this exercise with me. I want you to think of three things, three areas, three occurrences that God has done some incredible things in your life. Number one, let that settle. Think about that right now. Number one, what is the number one? Okay, number two. What's number two? Where was that place? Who was that person? How did God do it? Remember. Number three. Let's remember together. Man, amen. See how that works? Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this earth, the chaos, the upside down, the craziness, will grow strangely dim in the wonder of His light and His grace. <laughs> That's what worship does. And you may be here this morning and you still may be saying, Janton, I'm having a hard time remembering. I don't, I don't have that history. I don't necessarily know that I can identify what God has done in my life. Well, guess what you can do today? You can rewrite your history. God will help you do that. All you have to do is just accept His gift, this gift of salvation. So I can't go throughout this day, I can't end this service without giving you an opportunity to accept what all of us right now are enjoying. That is Him, the presence that lives in our lives. So if you're here this morning and you'd like to take that journey, we'd love to take that journey of salvation with you. So I want to ask you to do is to pray. And we're going to ask all of those that are in the congregation, those of you that are online as well, to pray with us so that you won't be by yourselves. We don't do life alone here. We always do it together. So I just simply want us to pray this simple prayer. and Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I accept your gift of salvation and together we can write a new history. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And that's it. Guess what? You have a memory. Now you have a memory. All of a sudden you've got a brand new stone that you can take with you. 
And your stone now becomes your testimony that you can tell to your kids and to their children and to their children what happened today. How God intersected your life, how He changed your life with that simple prayer. I'm excited about that. I mean, there are angels celebrating in heaven right now. Woo! That's good stuff. Three things I want to give with you before you leave today. Three things, because I got that. I, I saw that thing on your face that said, you know it's 1215. <laughs> I want to give these jewels with you. This is good stuff, all right? Three things I want you to try this week. First of all, be an overcomer. The word says this. It says, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and what? By the word of their your story is your story. Nobody can tell your story but yourself. Use that as a testimony. Tell some, it's not a testimony until you tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. Give somebody an old-fashioned phone call. I love phone calls. I really do. I love to hear somebody's voice. Let them hear your voice. They can hear that inflection, that excitement on the other line. Call somebody. Tell them your story this week. Do a post on social media. Let the glory of God shine through your words on social media. God knows it needs a little glory. Three, text somebody. However you do that, that's just three ways to do it. Number two, number one, be an overcomer. Number two, I love this, be a selective memory specialist. God is. Now, I know you ladies think men already do this. And, 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 and perhaps we do. But this is what I'm talking about here. There are some things we remember that we should forget. There's some things we forget that we should remember. There's always an accuser that's trying to remember us of our past failures, but this is what God is saying. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. They keep going and going and going and going and going, and he doesn't remember them anymore. Jeremiah said it this way, God speaking to his kids, he said, I, am, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. He has selective memory. Be a selective memory specialist. Number three, this is a good one. Make some lemonade. Be lemonade makers. When life deals you a bucket of lemons, take some of that memory that God has done. It's like sugar. Just sprinkle it in there. Stir that up. Make that lemonade. Mm. How do we do that? Well, here's one of the ways I do it. I, I would suggest to you, write a letter to, of gratitude to somebody. When I get to the place where I feel like I'm just starting to go into a dark place, that's the thing that will quickly get me right out of it. I will sit down and physically, in longhand, now you don't have to do this, you can type whatever you do, but I will write out a letter to somebody. Somebody that's poured into my life. Somebody that's helped me. Somebody that's brought me along the way. Perhaps for you, it could be somebody from a distance. Somebody that you don't even know. Ooh, try that this week. Try to write them a letter to somebody that says, Hey, you don't know who I am, but I saw you do this. I heard you say this. It inspired my life. Thank you for doing that. And what will happen is, you'll find out. Not only will you be blessed for doing it, but the person who receives it will be blessed. Try this. I've done this for years. This is the last thing been being a, 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 lemon, a lemonade maker. Start a praise list. List all the blessings that God has performed in your life. Things like salvation, financial breakthroughs, acts of physical or emotional healing, deliverance of addictions, protection, restoration. You know those stories. It is your story. Write them down. Take account. Make a record. Make a list of that so that in those times when your tank gets a little empty 
and it's going over toward the E, there's always a reserve tank. And for those of you that always test the bounds of your vehicle's gas gauge, my dad would do this. He would drive absolutely till we thought we had to walk. But he knew that there was a reserve tank. And by doing that, when you get to the place where you're empty, all you have to do is just remember that list and just pull it out. And as God continues to do things in your life, because He hasn't stopped, He won't stop, as He continues to do that, then continue that list, and that list will grow and grow and grow. And you can make lemonade out of lemons. I bless you today with the awareness that it is good to remember the good things of God because God is good. Thank you for being here. We hope you have a great weekend. Have a wonderful week next week, and we will see you next month. Take care. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.